Welcome hi. back. Hi, 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 hi. This is Trisha. And I am Evangelist Lori Ann, and we are Kicking, Kicking It With Jesus. Jesus. Another week. Another week. Beautiful. So, we have some beautiful things to talk about today. Yes. Deep things. Yes. Hmm. So, oh, look at a rainbow. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Another rainbow. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Anyway, so as you know, but the listeners don't. Yep. I read through the entire Bible on my Christian Standard Bible. Mm-hmm. Right? So then I was like, well, what am I going to do now? So you sent this to me and I bought this Bible. Mm-hmm. This is the Hebrew, Greek, and English. What is it? Um interlinear bible Mm -hmm. so it's like the actual translation of the bible so i started going through it and stuff and uh i keep coming up with this with the story of that's in luke Mm. right i keep coming up with it and the story is in luke 16 where jesus is saying another parable (laughs) He was known for that. And the parable is of a rich man, Abraham, and Lazarus, right? So the rich man, it says in the Bible that, that it just says that, which, can I just bunny trail him for one second? It's crazy that he specifically says Lazarus as his name. I don't know why that just comes so, like, out to me, but he says, a rich man and Lazarus. <laughs> like, why isn't the rich man named? You know what I mean? Not that that matters, because when we get into the story, you don't know, you know, but... I, I, side note, I I personally, it's my opinion, I'm not saying it's biblical, it's just an opinion. I really feel like God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit are really for the underdog. Yeah. Because the underdog always needs someone to pick them up. But my, that's my, my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> two cents. Goodbye. <laughs> but it says that there was a rich man. Mm-hmm. So this was a guy that was extremely rich. Mm-hmm. And when I think of this guy, I think of, I think of certain people even now today, that just live life like, oh, I'm happy, I don't need anything, I'm just a happy person, I don't need Jesus, I don't need, I just got what I need, whatever satisfies me, and I'm happy. So, you know what I mean? Like, I'm happy with right here, right now, in this world. I'm not worried about what's gonna come next. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, then it says, it goes in and it says that he, Lazarus, which is weird, like, somebody just took Lazarus and put him on his doorstep? Like, I just don't understand that. But it says that Lazarus was on his doorstep. Lazarus, he wanted the, pretty much the crumbs that fell from his, the table. Right. But I think that that, you know, if you look at different places in the Bible, one of my favorite stories is the man that was paralyzed. Mm. Jesus was already gone. And Peter is going into the temple, and there's a, a crippled at the gate called beautiful Mm. and he would you know ask for 
money and he'd hit his money ch- and just he wouldn't even look man you know anybody um, so I think it's just places where you know you can get blessed you know so maybe it wasn't give. like literally on his doorstep no I, th- I think it was just like where he was where right. you know that makes more sense to me that makes more sense because then yeah okay so and then I mean just like you gotta what do you like <laughs> the dogs were licking his sores right this is what we're talking about so this guy Lazarus was I don't know maybe he had what was that called Lep- leprosy leprosy I don't know because didn't they have like sores when they had where they had lip I personally, and I could be wrong, Trisha, again, it's my opinion. I don't believe that he literally had sores. I don't. I believe that what Jesus is trying to illustrate is the severity of his impoverishment, of his life, his need for help. Yeah. That's what I believe in. My that makes heart. sense, though, because, all right, so I read this in the CSB, and it says that one day, in verse 22, one day the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and he was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. Father Abraham, he called out, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in in this flame. So I read the whole thing, right, in the CSB. Then I read it in my Greek translation. We're just going to read what it says in here really quick. (laughs) Because for me, it goes deep. Verse 22, it says, And it happened, the poor one died and was carried away by the angels into the bosom of Abraham. And I'm like, okay, bosom? Now I wrote that word down. I'm like, that's an interesting word to use because it doesn't use it in the CSB. But in your your interpretation, bosom means what? A woman's chest. Okay. So I, and that's what I, it meant chest. So that's what I did. I was like, all right, let me look that up in the English translation in the Mm -hmm. dictionary. Right. So I looked it up and, um, it literally says a woman's chest. Mm -hmm. So then again, I'm in my Greek, Greek Bible. So I look at the Greek and I find the concordance number, which is 2859 for anybody that likes to look into their Strong's Concordance, 2859. And I'm probably going to say this wrong because I'm not Greek, but it's it's a, it's a kalpos, kolpos, K-O-L-P-O-S. That's the English way of the Greek word. Kolpos, yeah. So I'm just going to read you what in that, I just wrote it down. The translation of kolpos, which is bosom, it says, the first definition is the front of the body, which is between the arms. Okay, that makes sense. Hence, to recline in the bosom was said of one who is who so reclined at the table that his head covered, as it were, the bosom of the one next to him. 
okay? I was like, well, I don't know what that means, but hence, figuratively, it is used, it is used of a place of blessedness with another, as with Abraham in paradise, mm-hmm. okay? And then the third one says, from the custom of reclining at the table in the bosom of a place of honor. So now I'm like, wow. This guy. <clears throat> so now if I read it back and it says he's in the bo- he's into the bosom of Abraham. So he's in my opinion what this is saying to me is that Lazarus is at the table with of Abraham honor. of honor with Abraham. But if you go on, it says, And the rich one also died and was buried, and being in torments in hell, lifting up his eyes, he sees Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosoms. That's plural. That's more than one, right? More than one table. Abraham is afar off. So when you think of that, what is that? afar off like over there he's all the way down there with so that's a big table right and this guy just breaks my heart like this guy looks up and he sees and then it says and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am suffering in this flame And Abraham, but Abraham said, child, remember that you fully received your good things in your lifetime and Lazarus, likewise, the bad things, but now he is comforted and you are suffering. And then he goes on to say that there's a chasm between them. There's a chasm that's placed. Once you're gone, there's a chasm that's placed and people that are here can't cross over to there and people that are there can't cross over to here but what breaks my heart is that they can see the table which then brings me to remember what psalm 23 5 says which is you prepare a table for me before my enemies like i don't you know Every time we talk about this story or you tell me this story, God kicks up something else in my heart. Now, you know, my heart goes out to Judas. Mm. Yeah. So, but Trisha, wouldn't it be just like Satan and his... mean way to for someone that ended up in hell and they went to hell because they chose they chose everything was set all you had to do was say yes and all you had to do was let jesus love you that's it and you chose the latter you chose to go the other way for all the times that God went like this on your heart. And you were like, nope, I'm not ready. I'm sorry. And thinking that you had another moment, another day, another hour, 
and you didn't. Time's up. And you never made the decision. Right? Just follow me. And you end up in hell. Wouldn't it be just like Satan to go, hey, uh, see, remember that time that you felt the knock? You heard the voice, that still small voice inside say, stay home tonight. Come away with me. Let me love you. Let me heal you. Right? Right. And, he, and then you see a relative that you, a friend, a friend that told you about Jesus. And you just, and you, through this chasm, you look up afar off and you can see your friend. You can see your mama. You can see your daddy. And you're, and you're in eternity, in torment. Where the Bible says, the worm never dies. The worm never dies. And the fire is never quenched. The rich man, it says, can you just dip your finger? Your finger. That's it. Have you ever dipped your finger in water? A little tiny like, drop? Like, what is that going to do for you? Obviously, but can it's you imagine? In hell, obviously, it's going to do something. Right. And here we are, both of us. Right. A bottle of water. How about that? You know, as I was studying this hmm. this week, and I don't know why God kept bringing this up, but I just kept hearing him say the flame. The flame. Jesus. And I don't know why. I, I, I haven't figured that out yet. It's Friday. I haven't figured it out yet. But I just kept feeling him say the flame. There's got to be a reason for it. And if you think about it, like, look at what he was saying. I am suffering in this flame. Like, it's just, you brought up Judas, and that's one of the things that I wrote, Acts one twenty five. the destiny of Judas. Judas left to go where he belonged. And the Amplified Version says, his own place of evil. You know, I often think to myself, again, like I said, makes me feel real bad, man. And I know that it was, it was destined because that's what he chose. Right. But had he just trusted like the other 11. Okay, yeah, he turned him in. But Peter denied him. Right. So Peter and Judas were in the same boat. Had they talked, do you know what I mean? Had they, had they communicated? So do you think? Can Here we go just, with that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is where we get in trouble. We really do. <laughs> so do you think, so Judas hung himself, mm. killed himself. Do you think after he turned in Jesus, and I just think of these I don't think so. But do you think that after he turned in Jesus, if he would have just repented of what he did and then really turned to Jesus, he would have been in heaven? Yes. Yes. But his... But it wasn't destined for him to do that. Because it, I don't feel like it was his personality. Because he was but this dude, a thief. 
was going out and healing, healing people and casting out demons. Like, Jesus gave them the power. Let's stop for one second and talk about that for a minute. Because, Trisha, Jesus Christ knowing, okay, so yeah, Jesus is half God and half man. 100% God, 100% man. Knowing that he is going to betray him and yet loved him. He washed his feet. It was more, he loved him. He embraced him. He brought him in. He called him friend. But he, I believe uh, Jesus did all that as another example of how we're supposed to be. That right there. That right there. There are so many people, and I'm just going to say it. There's so many people. You sit in judgment seats mm. as if you, that God gave you the gavel and you put your, stop that. Side note, bunny trail, sorry. <laughs> but on Netflix, I mean, I, I got it a long time ago, but on Netflix tonight, before you came, it's like the fourth or fifth time I've watched this movie. On Netflix, they have the movie Jesus Revolution based on a true story of Pastor Greg Laurie and some other people. And I'm watching it, Trisha, a little while ago. And again, for I don't know how many times, I think the fourth. And I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, Lori, why do you think that the hippie movement hmm. was a revival? It was a revival. It swept across the United States. It just went like wildfire in each state. Look it up. Mm. Everywhere. He said, why do you think revival came with the hippie movement? And I said, I don't know, Lord. He said, because nobody sat in judgment and everybody loved people for where the people were. There was, oh, you're a drug addict. I can't. And you may not say it out loud, but you say it within yourself, right. man. Right. And he hears you. And we sit in these seats of filth. How about that? Filth. You judge me for what you think I am or what I am not. What I do, what I do not. Mm. And shame on you, whether you know me personally or you don't. Shame on you. Because there's going to come a time where what you're doing is going to backlash right back on you. Right. And I, I don't mean to sound so 
mean right now and hostile, but <clears throat> it's the truth. I think that if we were to love people, and I'm just saying it because as they were in the church, this young kid, Greg Laurie, walks into this church, never been in church in his life, walks into this church, a woman, a black woman, in the 60s. Right. How about that? Yeah. Hugs him and says, welcome home. And he sits down. And the guy preaches something simple. Jesus is the answer. And all of a sudden, this drug addict, bound, bound, he says this. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And the preacher, which is a hippie too, says, you're not going to die on my watch. Would we? No. Look, look, wait, wait, let, wait. Let me finish the sentence, though. Let me finish the <laughs> I, sentence, though. I know you know what I'm going to say. I didn't even say it to you earlier. But if, listen, if a brother or a sister in a, in a, in a wheelchair come rolling in to your service, into your service, screaming top of their lungs, I'm going to die. Are you going to stop the whole service for the one? Or are you going to, all the elders and the deacons of the church going to run over to the dude and pull him back yeah. so that the whole church isn't disrupted? Right, yes. How about that? Yeah. But didn't Jesus always stop for the one? Yes. When the leper came before him and said, if you're willing, master, can you heal me? Can you hear me if you're willing? Or the dude that was brought down in the, in the middle of Jesus' preaching to all these people, they can't even get in the house. He is teaching them, the master, the creator of all things. He's teaching, and it's disrupted by a hole in the yeah. roof. Yeah. He stopped for the one every single time. And revival broke out. Jesus dies, Jesus is buried, Jesus comes back, he tells them what to do, he ascends into heaven, they're all in an upper room, they're all praying with one heart, one mind, one accord, same exact thing, praying for the same exact thing. Nobody is higher than the other, nobody has more insight than the other, nobody is, everybody's the same. And what happens? All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts to come and he rattles the house and fire, tongues of fire rests upon them. Yeah. Okay? And now they start speaking in tongues. Whoop! God forbid that starts happening today. Everybody's like, whoop! I don't want to hear nothing about the Holy Ghost. We can talk about Jesus. We can talk about the Father, but we are not talking about Holy Spirit. Right? Right? right. And so Holy Spirit comes with power. And with fire. And when the power comes upon all of them, Trisha, all of a sudden, revival breaks out. How many people got saved under Peter by Peter's words? Thousands. Thousands, not hundreds, thousands. Right. For the one. And his message was simple. We ain't drunk. I know it looks it, but we ain't. 
Right. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus promised. The one that was crucified. He came back to life. How can you not? Dead people came out of the grave. 500 of them. 500 ancient people, your relatives that died years ago, all of a sudden when Jesus died, came up out of the ground. They popped up like flowers. Hello? <laughs> and I just really feel, Trisha, that we are in a time and in a season. I don't know, but I mean, I feel like it's all supposed to happen though like this. Like I think that darkness is supposed to keep creeping in because Jesus is coming back. I don't like I don't think it's going to get better. I oh, say this is. all the time. You know why? I think it's going to get better when we're in heaven and Jesus comes back. No. Revival is coming. Trisha. Or Jesus is coming back. He's doing that too. <laughs> He's doing that too, but listen. What is it? Amesbury College? Yo. Yo. That that one that was just, that happened? Trisha. With the... All they're doing is singing to Jesus, man. Do we want to talk about that too? I mean, because <laughs> let's face it. When you worship Jesus, that's why there's always music behind me. Mm. When you put Jesus in his proper place as you sing to him. Okay? Look. As you sing to him, his spirit starts to fall. Right. And there is nothing, nothing, nothing that he loves more. Trisha, there's angels, there's seraphims, that that's what they do. And if you don't believe me, read the book of Isaiah 6 chapter. There's seraphims that All constantly... Right. That's all they do. Holy, holy, holy. Constantly. The elders casting crowns before them. And worship's a little too long, don't you think, man? I love worship. Come I on. I wish it was. <clears throat> but that's the heart of people not realizing that when you're sitting under worship, what is going in you? But that's what we were just talking about last week, though. Come on. Is, are you just going to church and being lukewarm? Or do you have a relationship with Jesus? Because once you start having a relationship on, with Jesus, you're going to want to worship him. You know what I mean? I do. I mean, I don't have to only listen to Christian music. I can listen to other things. It does. That doesn't affect mm -hmm. me. But. When I'm in my car or when I'm put on music, it's always worship music only because I love to worship Jesus. Come on. There's just something about it that stirs my soul, if that makes sense. Absolutely, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Listen, I preach every Sunday because God set me up. <laughs> Sure. God set me up. So now he, he gave me this church. And so I passed it every week. Every single week. He has me sing a song. He'll drop it in my spirit in the middle of me preaching. He'll drop it in my spirit and I just have to. And I noticed and I said this to dad the other day. I said. 
I remember the first time I preached for my girlfriend, Shay. Pastor Shay. It was the same thing. He had me sing a song. And he fell. I don't understand it. But me and music has always been. It's where my healing came. Mm. It's where my healing came. I let him heal me through music, through his music, and still do, still do. So, sorry, tangent. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. I love it. So we need to learn how to love and not... These stories in the Bible, the rich man, I'm sure that Lazarus must have hurt. His heart must have hurt. And he stayed there. And I don't mean this the way I'm going to say it, but he was like a sucker. Right. Like, you know. At, over and over and over, you're going to get kicked, kicked in the mouth and you're still staying there. Right. Yeah. You know, because I, I can only imagine, because let's face it, I mean, I don't know if you know some rich folk, but... Yes, I do. Some rich folks are not. Their money is their God. Yes. Every single time. And I'm just and I'm and I'm just being honest. Their money is their God and their mouth is their weapon. And you know, you pick and choose who you'll be kind to, when you'll be kind to them. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just saying I'm just what I've observed. Or you use it as, I'm going to spend all this money and look at me. Mm-hmm. Look at me. Look what I got. All the while, and I'm sorry, and all the while, all the while, Jesus will bring you a Lazarus. Every time. Jesus will always bring a Lazarus to a rich person. What will you do? What will you do? Will Lazarus be at your table trying to take the bread that falls off your table? Will your dogs lick his wounds and his sores? Will you constantly throw your arrows, your innuendos? Huh. I mean, what does Jesus say about rich people? I mean, he says it over and over and over again in the parables about rich people over and over. Yeah. Like uh, the guy, I don't know what story, it, or it's probably in Luke somewhere, but that wants to follow Jesus. <laughs> and he says, uh, Go to sell, everything. sell everything. And he was like, I can't sell everything. I have too much. Because money, and that's why God says you can't serve two gods. You can't serve God and you can't serve money. You're either going to serve one or the other. Yes, you're going to love one, you're going to hate the other. And unfortunately, this is why I say that, like, people here on earth, it's just, I can, like, so many people come to my mind when I think of, of this is even the people that, you know, serve witchcraft doesn't want to serve Jesus or doesn't want to believe that there's a Jesus or whatever. Like, I... I'm on a lot. I'm a lot of. I'm on a lot of homeschool Facebook pages, mm -hmm. 
And a lot of the homeschoolers aren't Christian. Well, they say they're Christian. But some of them aren't, right? And somebody posted something and was and was asking questions. And she, at the end, she was like, I'm... Oh, she was putting candles and eggs. Like, she, she has chickens. She took the eggs and she made candles out of them, right? And she was saying that she does spells and she's a witch. And I'm just like... Do you not know Jesus? Did you never know? I don't know who this person is. She lives in Florida. Like, I just am a part of this group. Like, these people over and over and over again, like, you're happy in what you're doing. and You're loving, loving life and you're doing your spells and stuff. <laughs> Do you know how long eternity is? And I'm not trying to judge. If that's what you want to do and that's your choice and you want to continue to live this life a hundred years, maybe. Serving yourself, serving money, serving witchcraft, serving your children. Can we be honest? Come on. We, sometimes we make our children our gods. And, the, and then, Husbands, you know, wives. push their spouse aside because yeah. their children are so important. And your children are important, you're right, but they're not above everything. But that's not even the order of things. No. It's not the order of things. It's Jesus, husband, wife, children. Right. So for every wife, your husband comes first, not your children. Right. For every, vice versa. And I just, we've gotten it so, and I just said this to somebody yesterday. I couldn't understand all right, so I did a baptism. Obviously, you were with me. Yeah. <laughs> there was 14 people that got baptized. And three of them were children. Mm. And one of them, the dad brought her. So when the little girl went home, Obviously, she's going to talk about it because she was excited. Right. Mom hit the roof. How dare you? That's something you need to ask me. And, and I understand when... I understand when it comes to when you're separated. Uh, maybe even when you're together, you should talk about things. But... It should be a talk, not permission. Right. Especially when it comes to kingdom things. Right. Especially if she wanted it. It's that not. Right it's not and the mom and dad's enough. choice. Right. It's if she want. If she can understand she what she's did. doing and right. how she's doing it, it really should be her choice. And so it just kind of broke my heart because now, dad hasn't been able to see her. And, you know, I don't know why I'm touching him, but I'm going to touch you. You, you keep a child from the parent, be it mom or dad. You're not hurting the mom or the dad. You're hurting your child, and that is neglect. That is abuse. Yes. I'm sorry. It is. You're right. Don't do that. Your child is not a pawn. Yeah. 
Your child is just that, your child. Right. And if you love your child, you would never do that. Never do that. No matter how pissed off you are right. at the parent, the other parent. Right. Wrong. Wrong. Dead wrong. But that's... Jesus that does not want norm. that. That is the norm. That is the norm now. Everybody does that. And so what happens is this child grows and the, the mental anguish that yeah. that child will have, feeling like never enough, never wanted. Yep. Yep. We've got a world full of women that that's exactly how we, we feel. Right. Why do we feel like that? Right. And then we're paying thousands of dollars to go to psychiatrists to find out, oh, it's because X, Y, and Z. And I'm not saying all the time. I'm saying a lot it's of just the time, not a cop. It's, it's not it's okay. A, and I... Talk. The problem is... <laughs> just touch it. Because <laughs> I just said all bad stuff. That... Somebody said something to me the other day. It's like, my parents are like this and like this, like this. And I said, well, the problem is, is that parent right there has Jesus. All the other ones don't. There's a difference when parents have Jesus and when parents don't. They unintentionally hurt. So they don't intentionally hurt the child. I don't think any parent would intentionally hurt their child, but they're unintentionally doing it, meaning that they're not understanding what they're doing to a child, even though they're just trying to get back or they're trying to get back or get even. Now you're not allowed to see your kid. But if they had Jesus, they would feel that conviction. They'd be so able you to have that conversation with Jesus. How should I do this? Is this right? And Jesus would say, no, it's not right. A child needs a mom. Me and my husband just had this conversation. A child needs a mom and a dad at certain parts of their life. A boy needs to have their father teach him how to be a man. And a, a daughter needs to have their father teach him what love is. So, do you think that it takes Jesus for a mom or a dad to know that they shouldn't be holding back their child from their other parent? I think that it takes Jesus to know what selfishness is, to what true selfishness is. That's being selfish. That's saying, I'm so mad at you and I don't care. I'm going to do what's going to make me feel better. That's being selfish. And I don't believe that you can understand selfishness because I'm only speaking to myself until you have Jesus to teach you that you're selfish. Do you understand? I do, but I don't agree. Because if you love your child, I, I, it's not you. You're going to look at your child. If your child is like, but I want to see daddy. How can you not because feel? Because she's going to say... She's going to make church a bad thing for her. Your dad should have never let you be baptized. And now your child is going to think like, why shouldn't I have been baptized? Why is that wrong? 
I guess that should be wrong. Me and my husband just had this conversation. Whatever your mom says when you're a kid, you honor that. You don't realize what they're putting into your brain unintentionally. Don't like so-and-so. That person's bad. Church is bad. They shouldn't be, because that's what she's doing. Not, no, not what understanding is what, why are you going child. to church. No, I'm not talking about that. Right, but now. I'm talking about keeping your child away from their mother or father. Right, but because. Because the parent is mad. Because she, he got her baptized. Because of church. And so again, I say, do you think that she doesn't know that what she's doing is hurting her child and not the I father? Don't think, I personally don't think it, she does. I really don't. I think that her selfishness. Then we're limiting God because I believe that Jesus by the Holy Spirit is telling her, don't do that because look at her face. You can't tell me that this little girl, I know she did. I know she did. But mom, I want to see dad. You think though? Because like we just were talking about in the beginning. I the do. people that go to hell, how many times the enemy is going to say, remember that time? Do right. you think that they even know what that knock is? Absolutely. Did you? No. You did. Because you opened. You opened. He continued to knock. He never stops. He never stops. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, Jesus stops knocking because you won't open the door. That's not true. Right. When you're, the Bible says in the book of Romans that when you were at your ultimate sin is when he went. And so, you know. So, if you think that, then why do you think if you think that she can feel that conviction, why does she do it? Why didn't we come to Jesus to begin with? Because we're selfish. No. I think, I think it's because we're sinners. Well, yeah. I mean, we're still sinners. But I just feel like selfishness is a, a demon. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> that it is! <laughs> I just think that it's the for selfishness real, real. of her because, I mean, for me, I could never, I'm not in that situation where me and me and my husband are not together, but I could never do, like, thinking about things that I've gone through where it should have been on me with both parents. It should have been about me, not about the parents. I can't even imagine doing that to my kids. And I don't know if it's because I've been through it, so now it's in the forefront of my mind, and I'm like, I can't do that to my kid because I love her so much and I never wanted to feel the way I feel. I don't know. But maybe that mom doesn't know how it feels, but she's just so selfish within herself because she's probably not saved, and now she's doing that to her kid. Maybe she doesn't have that cycle of hurt. And now she's putting that cycle of hurt onto her child. Right. I just think that that's what's going to happen. It's going to be a generational curse. Yes. Because it, you, you, you feel as if you have an upper hand 
with him. Right. When it really isn't about him. No, it's about the kid. It's about her. It's about that little baby. Right. She's not a little baby, but it's about that young girl. Right. And so what you're teaching her is, I don't know, man. What I can just say to that dad is keep fighting to see her. Amen. Because the moment you give up, you're going to crush that little girl. That's what I said. I, I said. I said to him, look, I know because dad got baptized too. And I said, I heard the Holy Spirit. Each person, as they came up out of the water, and you know this, mm -hmm. each person, God spoke to my heart for each person. And I prayed over them what God put in my heart. Yeah. And for him, Satan was coming. Yeah, you did say that. Satan is coming. Mm -hmm. Because he hates the fact that you're trying to live right. Right. And the one thing that, there's two things that he struggles with. And one of them is not being able to see his daughter whenever he wants to. Yeah. And that was the That's thing. That's the first thing that the enemy got went taken after. away. Wow. So, you know, but Trisha, I just really feel like if, if we loved a little bit more, we'd have more Lazarus than we had rich man. I really do, Trisha. Well, I mean, let's just remember that the end of this is what he asks Abraham. Can you have him come over? No, Abraham says no. No, finish. Say that out loud so all the hearers can hear what the end of that story is. And it says, he says, a great chasm has been fixed between us and you, so that those desiring to pass from here to you are not able, nor can they pass from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, that you send to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that they may witness, so that he may witness to them that they not also come to this place of torment, this place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. But he said, no. No, Father Abraham. But if one should go from the dead to them, they will repent. And he said to him, if they will not hear Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if one from the dead should rise. A place of torment. That's the truth. A place of torment. Eternity is a long time. So as we sum this up, right? We're summing it up. That there was a rich man. And just bring it to today. There's a lot of rich men. Even if you're not rich in wealth. Think about it. You're rich in the world. You have what the world has. An abundance of it. And then there's a Lazarus. You may not physically be ill, but you may be the one that's kicked aside, or you're, you know, you're a Christian. And you're kicked aside. You're trying to, you're trying to spread the word, and you're constantly bashed. 
when that time comes for you to close your eyes and open them again with Jesus, there's going to be a big table. Are you going to be on the side of the chasm where there's a table and a wedding party? Or are you going to be on the side of the chasm that literally says that they're suffering in the flame? Because there is not one person, and I'm not Jesus. <laughs> I'm not Jesus. Can I say that again? Because I, it's hard for me to love people like Jesus loved Judas, if we're going to be honest. Do I try every day? Yes, but I'm not Jesus. But there's not one person that I know or even don't know, even the, peop even the people that hate on Facebook, that I could ever say that I want them to end up in a place of suffering in a flame. I don't want that for anybody. And there is no reason for it. At the end of the day, there's really no reason why you are there. Why you have to go there, besides selfish, your selfish desires. You know, forgive me for being quiet. I, there's a... A moment where when I first got saved heaven heaven was not as real to me as hell was and I think it was because Jesus knew my heart and I had to fear him first mm -hmm. Jesus couldn't come at me with love because I wouldn't have received it I didn't know what love was in the sense of You know, I, 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 you know, not to tell my business, but I wasn't always saved. Mm. You know what I mean? And so when I met my husband, and I'm sorry because it's your dad, but but when I met your husband, my husband, it was a lustful thing. It wasn't, it wasn't love right. at all. And I was young. He was 29, I was 19. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm 52 now. So, you know, and I said this the other day. He taught me a lot of things. He did. Because I was a kid. And when I got saved, Trisha, it was hell that Jesus showed me. I'm not calling you again, Laurie. It's now or it's never. You're either gonna put both feet in or you're not coming. And hell became real. It was like Jesus, it was like Jesus made it come alive. 
And it wasn't till years later, years later, he showed me how much he loved me. Mm. Hell is not a story to make people come to Jesus. It's just not. It's a place that if you want nothing to do with Jesus, it's reserved for you. Right. Why would right. you want to? Right. Because everything's been done for humanity. Everything. All we have to do is say yes, that's it. Right. So for someone to go and not I haven't thought of I haven't thought of this like for real in my heart and in years you know even with people saying I'm Christian what makes you that Christian right where because there's fruit that Jesus says. Fruit, ready? This is what Jesus is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Do you have those attributes that people can go, man, you have such patience. I wish I could love like you. What makes you that Christian? What makes you Christian? Right. And in Jesus' name, Father, for every person that hears this podcast, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would sweep over their heart. Father, I pray for those, Jesus, that are on roads that are, are not leading to life in your kingdom with you, but are leading to the pit. I pray, Jesus, that there would be a diversion, that they would divert from that road unto your road. Precious Holy Spirit, I'm calling upon you to massage the hearts of every single listener. And for those that need a Holy Ghost punch in the belly, I pray that it would be so. 
Father, I pray that you would show them that there's no party in hell. Mm -hmm. You're not hanging with your friends. That you're not having no drinking party. That you are ultimately alone in torment. Jesus, I pray that you would touch the hearts of those that listen. And may your spirit go through. I pray for everyone that's carrying burdens that are not theirs to carry. Become burden bearer, Jesus, for each and every one of them. Fill them with the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we Amen. pray. Amen. Well, that was a good one. That was a tough one. That was tough, but... That was good. I liked going through that parable. I I liked it. So I hope you enjoyed it. Amen. And until next time. We are just kicking it with Jesus. God bless you.